There's been a lot of hype over Apple's upcoming Apple Watch, a wearable device that will allow consumers, among other things, to track their health and fitness. Apple says middleware called HealthKit will provide a centralized, secure repository for users' health and fitness data to be stored on the device. Apple has also issued a number of privacy and security rules for developers who create HealthKit applications. For instance, Apple says that health apps that store consumer data on the cloud will be rejected. But will those privacy and security safeguards be enough to protect consumers' personal health information on these wearable devices? I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with privacy and security attorney Scott Ganow of law firm Faruqi, Ireland & Cox. Scott will discuss the privacy and security aspects of Apple Watch and HealthKit and what they potentially mean for consumers and healthcare providers. Hi, Scott. Hi, good morning. Now, Scott, based on what's been revealed about Apple Watch and HealthKit so far, how confident are you that the privacy and security of consumer health-related data will be protected? Well, it's interesting. As you said, it's based on what we know so far. It's such a new technology, and what's been publicly released is limited. But what I've seen so far, a couple of thoughts come to mind. First and foremost is, like any new technology that's come out, I don't think that the wearables present any new challenges that other technologies haven't presented in the past. In a sense, you still have to look to strong administrative, technical, and physical safeguards to safeguard the data, regardless of the type of data that it is. Generally speaking, Apple as a technology leader and as many mobile app de- uh, developers are starting to do, focus on the value of health data, I think they are very aware of the need and sensitivity related with health information. So I think the focus is very acute. Uh, and so I do believe that whether it's the device itself or the associated applications like HealthKit or the others that are, are being proposed out there, I think there will be a very strong focus on uh, information security. For example, what we've learned about with, with HealthKit and the, and the data that's there, information not being allowed to be stored on a cloud, uh, information being encrypted. Those are tried and true principles that are good for any type of data. So uh, I tend to be an optimist when it comes to technology, especially with what we've learned with other technologies out there. So I think the focus will be very acute and people will work very carefully to safeguard this information. However, as we saw just recently with some bugs with the application just last week, which has delayed some of the rollout of HealthKit, every technology is not perfect. Uh, It's not flawless, especially is a new and emerging technology, so people should expect problems. People should expect glitches here and there, and I don't think any privacy law expects perfection in any type of technology. Uh, another point that I think is relevant here, several weeks ago, the, you know, the mobile app developers went to Washington looking for guidance on HIPAA. Uh, traditionally, applications have stayed away from healthcare information because of the sensitivity and the regulation that comes with HIPAA. I think a very important point to note with this type of technology uh, is we're talking about consumer-generated information. If you're wearing a, a Fitbit or using your iPhone to track your, your health information or, or Apple Watch, this is all information that you're generating as a consumer. It's not subject to HIPAA. It may be health-related, 
such as your calories burned or your heart rate during a workout, but that's all information you're generating uh, as a consumer or, if you want to say, as a patient. It's not generated by what's called a covered entity under HIPAA. So I think it's very important from the beginning to make sure that we're not talking about HIPAA-regulated information, at least not yet, on what we've seen. We're talking about consumer information that just happens to be health-related, whether it's medical information that you track yourself or your workouts. So broadly, I'm very interested in the technology from what I've seen so far, and I would expect from a company like Apple to be very careful about how it rolls out security and privacy protections that are there. They do indeed seem to have policies in place and a very clear plan for the rollout of their technology. But at the same time, I think people should never expect perfection and still exercise the necessary caution as to what data they decide to put out there and what data they don't, just like financial data or any other data they might use. So now, Scott, you mentioned that because this data is consumer-generated, it's not HIPAA-covered. Now, what happens if a consumer decides they want to share this fitness or health information with a provider? What should the providers be worried about? What should they be doing to make sure that they, being HIPAA-covered entities, are doing what they Mm -hmm. need to do to protect patient privacy? That's a great question, and it's not something that we haven't seen already. For example, with iPhones, doctors carrying iPhones and doctors carrying their own personal devices, they've run into issues policy-wise by taking pictures and transmitting pictures of patient injuries or whatever the case might be with their personal devices. And so you have this interplay between a doctor's personal device and a hospital system, which both involve protected health information. My point being that you have to have very clear policies as a covered entity, as a healthcare provider or a business associate of a healthcare provider that very clearly delineates what you will and won't do. And a great policy question is, are we going to accept information from consumers? Uh, And if they are, if they're going to um, encourage this type of collaboration, which Apple anticipates in many of its uh, different partnerships uh, with the Mayo Clinic, for example, uh, WebMD and some other organizations that are healthcare-related or might be physician-based, you have to have a very clear policy decision on what you're going to accept. And then if you are going to accept that information, then you should expect the same types of protection because effectively... Uh, it becomes protected health information when it's used or generated by the covered entity. So I would push every organization back to its existing HIPAA policies, their administrative, technical, and physical safeguards to clearly establish what they will and won't do with this consumer-generated data. They are going to accept it, what safeguards they're going to put in place, uh, and how they're going to educate users, everything down from people who clean medical rooms to doctors as to what they can and can't do with these devices, because every device represents a point of contact of information coming in and out of your organization. From the consumer side, I would say it's very much personal choice. Uh, It's very much something that when it comes to consumer privacy, you have to take the the lead on doing with whether or not you choose to share this type of information with covered entities, with your insurers, whatever the case might be. The value, the personal value is you get a lot of data. It's all It can all be centralized, and I think that's one of the things Apple is really trying to, to market here is that it's enabling these different parties to share information in one location. Lots of upside there, but there's also risks with that. There may be information in there you don't necessarily want others to see. For example, if it's an Apple device, uh, like an Apple Watch, I'm assuming it interacts through a centralized Apple account, so your Mac or your iPad 
iPad or your iPhone could also share the same information. Well, those are all devices that have potentially multiple users with permissions to those devices. How are you as a consumer going to control who can see that information and who can't? So the convenience of having this information at the ready, it's mobile, it's available, you could share it with different parties, has to be balanced with your choices as to the risk you're willing to share. Do you want your employer to have access to that data when you sync your phone with, with your work device? Or do you want your doctors or your insurers to have access to the information? Or do you even want someone in your family potentially to see that data? Uh, you have to approach the technology uh, as you would any other device that's already out there. What is it going to sync with? What's it going to share? Who's going to have access to it? And how is that information going to be secured? But I don't think this is unique. I don't think this is anything new. We've seen this as every new technology has evolved. Consumers just have to make educated choices as to what information they're going to collect and how they're going to allow it to be shared and then pick the technology that fits it and makes it work for them and provides them the control that they want. So now, Scott, based on what we know so far as far as what Apple is saying about various privacy and security measures that it will be taking with Apple Watch, how does that compare with what other wearable consumer health technologies that are out there already? Are those technologies as seemingly safeguarded for patient data as Apple seems to be saying the data that will be used on these Apple Watches will be? I think, unfortunately, wearables are so new as well that I think the, it's really unclear as to where it's going and, and what to say whether or not uh, Apple is meeting the same requirements as the others that are there. The thing that I will say about wearables, we've seen things you know, from pills that can be embedded with uh, transmitters that actually transmit vitals to a patch you wear on your body, which could be linked to your iPhone. I think the available technologies that are there to safeguard the information have come a long way. Uh, as far as device-level encryption to secure connection points, as far as encrypted tunnels with wireless connections between devices. I think those safeguards are there and will work probably very similarly with the other watch. I think, again, it comes back to the consumer deciding to what level they're going to let that information get beyond their own personal use. If you use a device strictly to track your workouts and your progress, and that's a very, you know, localized use of that data. You, you know, if you run with an iPhone, you upload that data to your Mac and that's the end of it. Uh, You keep that data local. It's when you start to extend it beyond there that you really have to ensure that those potential connections are encrypted and those sharing principles are very well controlled. For example, my understanding with the Apple Watch and specifically with the Health Kit is this is going to become very expansive. So it's going to be very much more as it rolls forward, and we would expect this from a company like Apple. Very forward thinking here that it's going to be much more than just personal health management. Um, that's the first level, if you will, but they are establishing partnerships, as I said before, with the Mayo Clinic, with companies like WebMD, MyFitnessPal, which is an application that people use to manage their diet and their calorie intake against their workouts, etc. You have all all these collaborations and partnerships between the Apple device and these other third parties, to me, the bigger issue and the bigger concern there is establishing very clear policies and procedures as how that data is going to be shared, how much of it's going to be shared, and for what purposes. As more and more parties get become involved in the transfer of that information, I think it's going to be extremely important that the consumer understand just how far their data is going. How are they going to use it? So I think the technology, and I 
think you'll see this from Apple, is there are going to be lots of user-based configurations that you can choose to opt into as to whether you want your data shared, how you want it shared, and how it's going to be secured. We understand it's going to be encrypted according to Apple, uh, which is great, but as that data moves on to third parties, other healthcare providers eventually, if, if hospitals and covered entities start to participate, as you noted before, patients opt in and share their data real-time with the hospital, those expectations are going to be very clear that downstream that data has to be maintained at a certain level of security. And I think that's the more pressing part than the encryption and the technology side is making sure the administrative controls are in place so only trusted parties get the information. And if it changes its status, as we said before, if it ceases to be just general consumer information and becomes protected health information, do you have those protections in place to ensure as the data moves downstream, the protections are in place to ensure the individual patient, if you want to say patient or consumer's privacy choices are met. So I, I come back again to the basics of administrative, technical, and physical safeguards. Biggest, I think most important is the policy decisions, making educated choices up front as to who's going to have access to the data, how it's going to be maintained, and as it moves downstream, will those protections still be maintained? Thanks, Scott. I've been speaking to attorney Scott Gano. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.